0: Hey, welcome to a special Wednesday night uh, late edition of the Chris and Craig Show here on the Ohio Wind Network. Uh, Craig, how you doing tonight? A little later for us. Uh, how's the late night hour?
1: Well, you know we're burning the midnight oil here, but it's for a good a good reason. We have some pretty uh, really fun guests tonight, so I'm excited. I've been rejuvenated by the uh, the guest list tonight. How are you doing? Fantastic. Fantastic. And we're going to get to our special guest in just
0: 30 seconds. But let me make sure we get our ad reads across. Um, Remember, check out Chase Bank. Um, You know, if you need a bank, uh, try Chase. It's really worked for me. Um, You know, here during the pandemic, we need uh, a safe, secure bank for online transactions and everything. Uh, click on the link here on the podcast. Uh, check out Chase Bank. If you sign up, Attach direct deposit, you'll get 225 bucks to deposit in your account. And also, here on the podcast, we're all into ease of shopping, making life a little bit easier. Um, Ashley Home Store, um, great website. Um, you click on the link, you'll get savings right for your furniture. Shop at home. Get your furniture delivered to your home. It'll save you a lot of time and money. So check out Ashley Home Store too. So... Um, hey, but let's get to our special guest. It's been a very big week, uh, the past couple of weeks, actually, for the classic movie Field of Dreams, and we are privileged to have on one of the stars of Field of Dreams, Dwyer Brown. Uh, let's bring him on. Hey, Dwyer, how's it going tonight, man? Uh, life is good. <laughs> Fantastic. Um If you didn't know, and shame on you if you've never seen Field of Dreams, uh, Dwyer played uh, Kevin Costner's dad. And during the movie, uh, Costner was looking for his father, uh, went through quite the tale of, you know, uh, solving other people's issues in baseball. And they ended up building the field in Iowa, and they found Dwyer there. So i love to talk to you about your experience there. Uh, First of all, Dwyer... What do you think about the resurgence of the movie? I don't think any of us ever forgot about Field of Dreams, but, you know, it came out in the late 80s. And in the past week or two, we had the big, you know, Field of Dreams game, Um, a lot of popularity for that. It was great to see Kevin Costner come back. You were at the game as well. What's it been like over the last week or two? Because it seems like there's been a lot more conversation about what's happening.
2: Well, it's been a pretty crazy week. I should tell you, Chris, you're breaking up, and and it's pretty hard to understand you, but the – last week was just amazing. I, uh, you know, I've been back to the field maybe a couple dozen times over the 33 years. And uh, I was a little skeptical that they were going to be able to build a major league field there and, and still, you know, not ruin uh, the magic that the uh, that the little ball field there has always held for me. But I have to say, you know, and I, I don't say this too often about MLB, but they really, uh, they did a great job. Uh, You know, the, the park, they used old barn siding. They had that, you know, hand-operated uh, scoreboard. And somehow that huge structure was just so magical and felt so intimate. I, I was really impressed. And, I mean, I was uh, – they didn't uh, – I, I didn't have tickets to the thing until like two days before, but uh, I was just so grateful to be be in the park and, and experience it firsthand. It was really, really special, I thought.
0: Yeah, and Craig wanted to ask more about the game. I want to hear about what you thought about the entrance and everything. So, Craig,
1: what do you have – yeah, Dwyer, thanks for joining us. We, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, we know you're an Ohioan yourself, so we, we appreciate you coming on to the Ohioan podcast here. Uh, but that game, I mean, what was that entrance like? What, what did it mean to you to see those ball players come out, Kevin Costner's coming out, and just to kind of almost relive and recreate the movie and the magic? I just get goosebumps thinking about it right now, but what was that that moment like for you seeing that and then, of course, watching the game play out in such dramatic fashion?
2: Yeah, it, it was very interesting. You know, everybody kept asking if I was going to throw out the first pitch or catch the first pitch. And, you know, to be honest, MLB asked me about a week before the game if uh, if I would be willing to throw out the pitch because hmm. I talked to Kevin and he didn't want to throw out the pitch. And so I thought, oh, geez, maybe. Anyway, they asked me and I said, sure, I, I would do it. You know, I mean, I'd, I'd be scared, you know, out of my shorts, but uh, I, I was willing to do it and then didn't hear anything. So, I had no idea what was going to happen. So it was kind of fun in that way. I, I got rid of all my media commitments uh, beforehand and just was a fan. And, you know, to see Kevin come walking out, I mean, people were, I mean, they held their breath. It was, it was so special. I, I, I can't tell you. And then the field, I thought it was so cool that they brought out, you know, three or four Yankees and three or four white Sox at the same time. I, you know, I just think they, you know, really, uh, you know, just, they just did a great job. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Everybody was so into it. I loved that, you know. Every home run, it felt like three quarters of the audience just went crazy. Yeah. You know, it was a White Sox and then a, a Yankee would hit home run, another three quarters. So, it, it, I think it. What was so special is it brought back that just kind of fan of the game thing. You know, there as much as there was a rivalry there, everybody was just so excited to see somebody jack it into the corn and, and you know, like I don't know. It was. It really felt special. You know, it felt like old time nostalgic baseball where. You know, people are jeering. I had a couple Yankee fans on, on my left who were so obnoxious and, and a couple of guys uh, uh, both named Dean who were white <laughs> fans on the other side of me. And, you know, everybody was just – it was just kind of very good natured. You know, it really felt like a, a, a major league game being played in a minor league stadium with, with all that great energy that, that minor league baseball, you know, brings to the to the events.
1: And it probably helped too that the game was very exciting. I mean, it was back and forth. And then of course it ends in a walk off of the White Sox. How exciting was it? The fact that the game actually lived up to the hype of the entrance and just the ambiance of everything going on.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was crazy. I I mean, everybody was saying it was like a Hollywood ending, you know, but I mean, how often does that happen? And there's no way to pre-plan that, you know, I mean, I mean, White Sox have been hitting a lot of homers lately. And, you know, certainly the Yankees lineup is capable of it, but to have it happen the way it did, like, I mean, I, I tend to root for the underdogs. I mean, I grew up in Cleveland and, you know, you had to root for the underdogs because that's all we had. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, so when, so when the, you know, when the, when the uh, Sox were kind of stretching out the lead there, I was like, come on, let's, let's even this thing back up. But then they not only evened it up, but they went ahead by one. And I was thinking, like, oh, my gosh, did I overdo this? And, and then uh, then for it to end the way it did with, with you know, Tim Anderson, uh, I, I just – I mean, it was – yeah, it was totally a Hollywood ending. And what, what what are the odds? How often do you get a crazy exciting game like that with a walk-off? I mean, with a lead change in the ninth. And uh, I don't know. It was, it was really – yeah, it really was. I mean, and I think that is what's kind of pushed – uh, you know, Field of Dreams back into the pre- into the forefront. You know, before the game was over, they announced that there's going to be this Field of Dreams series that they're going to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, revitalize. And you know, I I was like, that was news to me. And I don't think that would have happened if the game had been so wonderful. From yeah, you know, I don't even say start to finish. It was it was the whole lead up to it that was amazing. So um, yeah, I'm very excited about it. Somebody just told me that. That uh, Field of Dreams is the top streamed movie uh, right now, and uh, you know that—that's you know that's that's just cool. You know that there's a whole new generation, several generations of uh, of fans who I hope will fall in love with the movie and, and carry on the legacy.
0: Obviously, the Peacock's going to be more of like a TV series for it. Have they talked to you or Kevin? I mean, I'm, I don't know if they want you the guys to be in it, but has there been any conversations about? what are we going to do? Are we going to retell the story? Are we going to have a different type of story? I mean,
2: I mean, it was such a surprise to me. I have no idea. I'm dubious, in the same way I was dubious that MLB could pull off that stadium. So I'm hoping that I'll be pleasantly surprised again. Uh, they, they, uh, you know, inside information, they talked to Kevin sort of after they made the announcement hmm. uh, and he, he was, uh, not, I don't think, too happy about that. So uh, as far as uh, I understand it, he is not going to be involved in it, and um, you know they haven't they haven't approached me yet. And you know, I, I you know I, I would be surprised, but you know I, just, I like to be
0: surprised. Yeah, just have curiosity. It sounds like it might be something you'd be interested in if they said, "Hey, could you do something with it?" Or
2: well, to me, you know, like I've always said that that movie ends in the perfect place. It asks mm-hmm. so many questions and it doesn't answer them. And what I think that yeah. does is allows the audience to have their own answers. So everybody, I mean, somebody came up to me and said, wow, I mean, did you find it weird that that Terrence Mann dies when he walks into the cornfield? And I was like, wow, I, I never thought that he died when he went into the cornfield. It just wasn't my concept, you know? And I, but I thought that yeah. was cool that that somebody can have that concept and think that that's what the movie intended. And, and that's their little, you know, possession of the movie. And, I am dubious about, because I, you know, when I first wrote my book, uh, I was, my intention was to write what happens when everybody goes off into the field. Yeah. I mean, I thought about it for years and years and thought, I want to write this, like what happens, you know? And, uh, you know, basically the conclusion I came up with is, is the book that Terrence Mann writes is Shoeless Joe. that yeah. sort of tells the whole story, you know, which, you know, kind of makes sense in a little, you know, at least in my mind. Right. Um, but I, I sort of realized that there's it's it would be very hard to kind of continue that story and and I'm you know I'm quite curious about what they're going to do and as far as my involvement you know that that movie's a little precious to me you know yeah. as it is to a lot of people so it would have to be it would have to be some very cool logical way to continue that movie that would keep the magic and the uh, you know kind of the delicate nature that 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 the movie so perfectly walks and if they could do that and um and wanted me to be a part of it i you know i i can't imagine that i would say no
0: or could they even tell a different story well it could be kind of strange to tell the same story is there a different story they could kind of tell or co-op to make it you know where it might not be the consola story but is there another story they could tell yeah i always wonder about that too
2: yeah yeah i i agree i mean could they could they follow the field or do they follow one of the characters or did they yeah. you know, just use the concept of sort of, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Time travel or whatever. You know, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, like I said, I'm, I think, uh, you know, WP Kinsella wrote a beautiful novella. Yeah. Joe, and I think Phil Robinson did a spectacular job of adapting it to a film. Mm-hmm. And I would be surprised if they could, continue that in a way that was satisfying.
0: Let's talk about that scene from, you know, Field of Dreams where you and um, Costner meet, you guys play that catch and everything. I love how you say that there's stories that weren't really told. Like you say, you don't know what happens when the guys go in the field and everything. I always wondered about this and forgive me if it was mentioned in the film, but I don't think we ever got the impression that the role that you played, the dad, do you think the dad knew that Costner was his son, like when he came back to the field? I always wondered about that.
2: Well, it's kind of interesting because uh, when we shot the movie, um, I had my own concept of it. I I had decided in, in as an actor playing the scene that, you know, when when Kevin says, oh, uh, this is my, this is John, when he introduces me to his family, like like he was afraid to say my father right there. Yeah. And I had always played it that we don't really know the, as, as the players coming back from the cornfield, we don't know the rules of this. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, uh,
2: Shoeless Joe or Ray Liotta, she invites Ray in for coffee or Shoeless Joe in for coffee, and he says, I don't think I can. And, you know, when, yeah. when Moonlight Graham walks up to the, to the you know first baseline there and pauses for a second, and then when he steps over, he turns back into uh, Doc Graham you know, there's kind of magic, you know, rules to this existence on the field. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe they're not spelled out that clearly. That's the way I sort of played it. And that is my character, John Kinsella. I don't want to say something or do something that's going to make this field disappear. disappear. So I think that added to the kind of the tenuousness of, of the scene, you know, like there was a lot unspoken and, and we sort of say, uh, you know, sort of acknowledge it, but don't. And in fact, when the movie was shot, this is something that I, I wrote about in the book, but Kevin says, hey, you want to have a catch? Yeah. That's the way we shot it. And that's the way that they took it to uh, audience screenings, test screenings after the movie was completed. And a lot of the feedback they got, people said, I love this movie, but gosh, it sure was cruel of Ray not to tell his dad that he knows who he is. You know? Mm. And, you know, it, it kind of broke our hearts, you know, made us feel bad, you know. And we were like, oh, wow. You know, it wasn't something that occurred to us because we had made our own decision about, you know, how that was uh, done. But that's why in post-production they had Kevin say the line, hey, dad. Oh, on OK. And if you watch the movie, the, the shot is on me when he says, hey, dad, because his lips yeah. were saying the word dad. So <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't be on him. And. You know, it was their way of solving this problem and not having people leave the movie frustrated. And you know, as much as I liked it better the way I was thinking of it, that it was never spoken but understood. I mean, if it had been misunderstood by most of the audience, that would have been a that would have been a terrible mistake. So I'm glad they I'm glad I got to play it the way I did, and I'm glad they fixed it so that you know people wouldn't leave kind of, you know, feeling frustrated or feeling that Ray was you know cruel not to uh, tell his dad you know who he was.
0: Well, and we watched the movie just thinking about the upcoming interview. One thing that really struck me was I love that line where I, I can't remember if it was Costner or his wife was talking about, look at him. You know, he's a young guy. He's not thinking about what happens in the future. You know, this is before Costner was born and everything. And, you know, my dad was a high school pitcher and, you know, he's no longer with us. And, oh, man, I was sobbing when, you know, Uh, I I love the movie. It really hits all the fields, but sometimes I get upset when I watch the movie, like, stop making me cry. This is tough, you know, and everything. What did that mean to you? Um, I'm stepping a little bit on what Craig was going to talk about, but you talked about losing your dad. Did you lose him, like, six weeks before the movie?
2: Yeah, I mean, even even closer than that, uh, 36 days. uh, I mean, I was in L.A. I'd already been cast in the movie, and I was flying home. And I was just going to take the excuse to kind of visit my family on their farm in Ohio before I flew off to Iowa to shoot the movie. Yeah. Well, I got into town and my dad died that night suddenly. Wow. The, uh, and uh, so, I mean, you can imagine how weird it was to leave my dad's funeral and go to Iowa and play a dead father coming out of the cornfield to play catch with their son. It was, uh, you know, it, it certainly made the movie uh, much more, you know, poignant and, and, and bittersweet for me. but. Um, yeah, I mean, as Ray Ray is the one that says, "Hey, that, that, that's my father." Uh, I, yeah. I only saw him years later when he was worn down by life. You know. Yeah. And I think so many of us, uh, particularly, you know, in my generation, where you know, my dad went through the Depression and World War II, and you know, they they were a hardened group. You know, they they'd had some tough tough things to go through. My dad, in particular, you know, his father was not very nice to him, and and you know how he became such a great dad, I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's, it made that I think all the more poignant that, that, you know, these, these guys who were, who were so kind of hard exterior, you know, were able to have this kind of meaningful moment. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's such a great part of that movie that, that, you know, the dads get to sort of express their love through a game of catch and and kind of, get over their, their differences and, and, you know, and it's all forgiven with, with a few tosses back and forth. It it, it seemed very much, uh, very appropriate for that, particularly for that generation.
0: Yeah. I mean, it really a home. And I I'm thinking, you know, as a watcher, I, I turned emotions, you know, with my backstory of my dad, I know you're an actor. I know part of what you do is, you know, you, adapt to different situations. And I know sometimes like for comedic actors, you know, they use their acting skills to make sure they can get for a scene without breaking out and laughing. How hard was that for you? I know you said it was a, a really uh, strange moment for you. Did you have a hard time keeping your emotions in check because you're living this? I mean, it's not just that you're acting this. You just went through that. How did you get to that scene or did it take you guys a couple of times to get for the scene? Because what a moment, you know? Yeah.
2: Well, in the midst of grieving for my father, as an actor, I couldn't help but have this thought like, Oh my gosh, how am I gonna do this scene? I'm not yeah. gonna be able to hold my stuff together, you know, like I, I was genuinely worried that I would fall apart and, and not be able to perform, you know. And uh, but what what surprised me is, as so many things did about that movie was that when my dad died and I, you know, tried to be sad about it. I couldn't help but have this feeling that my dad was kind of released from this very difficult life he had and that he mm. was sort of flitting about the only image I could come up with was like a hummingbird. Like he was, he was buzzing in from nowhere and like saying, oh my gosh, where I just was, I just checked out Saturn. It's the most amazing planet. See ya. And <laughs> off he'd go, you know, and I, and, you know, I couldn't help but smile because, you know, like I said, my dad had kind of had it pretty rough, so. To see him happy in my imagination of his afterlife existence was kind of great for me. You know, I, I ended up, uh, you know, when I got to Iowa, I couldn't help but feel like he was there with all the other ghost players, you know, buzzing in and out of the corn. And, and I found myself not being able to be sad. And then suddenly I was worried as an actor that I wouldn't even be able to be sad at all because... So, you know, I mean, certainly as actors, you can kind of get in your own uh, thought loops and all that stuff. But I think in the end, it ended up help creating that kind of bittersweet. You know, the the ending is sad, but at the same time, it's joyous. You know, here's the father and son that are getting a chance to have a catch again. So and, and you know, of course, it brings the tears for us. But, you know, nobody is sad to cry at the end of Field of Dreams. They're, oh, yeah. The, it, it's a beautiful way right. of expressing grief over your own father, or just the beauty of the idea of meeting your own dad as a contemporary, you know, like, would you be friends with your dad if, if you lived at the same time? And, you know, those, those kind of thoughts, I think are are, are deep and, and, you know, kind of challenging and fun to think about. So, uh, you know, I think everything that contributed to the final moment, those scenes, you know, made the movie what it is.
0: Well, last thing I wanted to ask about that scene was, did you ever get the feeling when you filmed that scene? I know some of the emotion came in Kevin's post-production of adding dad to it. But still, even without the post-production, did you guys walk away from filming that going, wow, this could be really something? I I mean, I maybe it's hard to think of it at that precise moment, but did you, did you have a thought about how emotional it might be down the road after you filmed it?
2: Yeah. Well, what's interesting is, you know, I think Kevin and I both understood the the very delicate nature of that scene. And we talked a lot about it, you know, when they're setting up shots, you have a lot of time where you're just standing in place so they can get the lights right. And we yeah. you know, we, we talked about it a lot, but what was kind of interesting is I was hired for three days. Originally I was supposed to fly in, shoot that scene in a day and go home, you know, but after the crew had been there for a while, you know, before I got there, they realized how beautiful the Iowa sunsets were and came up with the idea that they would shoot that, those scene that scene at magic hour, which oh. is, there's kind of 15 minutes of golden sunlight just after yeah. the sunsets. So uh, what that meant was that they could not possibly shoot that whole scene in the 15 minutes that you have per day. So we ended up shooting almost a line at a time we, they'd be shooting up in the house and it would get close to sunset and they'd say, okay, everybody down to the field, everybody go running down there and the, crew would set about you know setting up the dolly track and the bounce boards and you know all that stuff and and you know the 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 dp would have his light meter and be looking at it and he'd go okay go action and i'd say is this heaven Hmm. great do it again is this heaven okay great that's all we have time for you know and then we they'd go off shooting again and the next day we'd come down and it'd be kevin's turn and he'd be go no it's iowa do it again, again okay no it's iowa and so we ended up shooting that for two weeks, just almost a line at a time. So what's hard to believe is, you know, when you see that scene, it looks just completely seamless. Yeah. In fact, it was, uh, you know, it was really almost a line at a time. So it made it as an, as an acting exercise. It was very difficult to get into that emotional state every day, right around sunset, you know, you know, get your emotions where they're, you know, right under the surface, but you're not letting anything down. You know, it's, it was quite a challenge. And, and you know, I was, I was proud that we were able to do it. And, and I can say that over the two weeks of shooting it, by the time we got to the end of it, the crew was, you know, usually on a, a set, especially out there in the middle of nowhere, everybody was joking around a lot, but we'd come to that scene after a fierce few days and everybody would be very quiet, very respectful. Everybody just be going about their business kind of quietly. And I, in my mind, I felt like everybody, every crew member was bringing their own dad you know, to that scene yeah. to have the have the scene for themselves. You know, in the same way that audience members have done the same thing and you know transposed their father onto my face and you know owned that movie in their own way. I think is as another reason that you know the all all the crews emotions you know being kind of absorbed into the celluloid that that made the film. I think uh, also contributed to to the powerful emotional nature of that that final scene.
0: Fantastic, thank you. Appreciate that. And Craig, want to ask you a little bit about more about your experiences with uh, kids and dads, um, Craig?
1: Yeah, um, you know, obviously, you know, you talked a little bit about the loss of your father. Uh, what ultimately did watching this movie, maybe at the film premiere, or just watching it periodically through the years, what has it sort of meant to you to help maybe grow your relationship that you once had with your father, maybe with yourself, just? What, is it, what does it kind of mean to you ultimately, maybe going back in time and watching it when you first saw it and then maybe watching it over the years as you've gotten older?
2: Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing that happened to me was, you know, probably about within a month of when the movie was released, I was in a little grocery store. I'd been camping. I was unshaven, smelled like smoke. And some guy came up to me. He was kind of following me down the aisles. And I'm like, OK, what's what's going on here? <laughs> and pretty soon, he kind of shuffles up to me and is like, hey, uh, hey man, did did you go to, did I go to high school with you? And I was like, I don't think so. I I went to high school in Ohio and, you know, and, and then he's like, Oh my God, you look like that guy from field of dreams. And, and I was like, I was so shocked. I'd never been recognized for any of the things I'd done previously. And, and I said, well, actually I am that guy from field of dreams. And he was like, no way. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, actually, no, no, you're not. And I was like, yeah, I am. I'm trying to convince the guy. I'm exactly who he thought I was, but uh, you know, then he goes on to tell me that, you know, he and his dad had, you know, he used to play baseball, but his, his dad and had a falling out. They hadn't talked in 10 years. And when he saw that movie, he just went to his dad's house and, and, and dragged him to the movie theater. And they were able to, you know, kind of cry at the end of the movie and just kind of get over the, the, the difficulties that they had, you know, felt were un, insurmountable, you know, and that was just the first in, Dozens and dozens of times where I've been in a grocery store or an airport or, you know, a tire store and somebody, you know, I don't know how people remember me from that movie. But I think because Kevin and James Earl and and Ray opened everybody's hearts and I I just take my catcher's mask off and walk right in, I think I'm indelibly uh, embossed on people's optic nerve or something. So when they see my face, they immediately start crying and telling me about their dads. And, uh, you know, at at first it was a little weird, you know, like I was like, should I be scared? Is this guy going to stab me to death? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, But what I realized was, you know, obviously it makes me think of my dad, you know? And so this is this beautiful thing that happens that these people come tell me about their dad and I tell them about my dad and we cry together and usually have a hug and then we off we go into our separate ways but it's helped me, you know, kind of keep my dad alive. I, I, you know, I took his uh, baseball mitt uh, with me to Iowa to be in the movie, but because I played a catcher, they, they gave me a catcher's mitt, but now I take this wherever I do appearances and, you know, it's just kind of my way of, of having my dad with me. And um, you know, that to me has been one of the most amazing benefits of it. I, I get something out of it certainly. And it feels like the people that I encounter uh, you know, have, have a similar reaction. I, I don't know if you guys know, but I got uh, asked to be on a box of cornflakes.
0: Yeah. And so this is,
2: this is available in, in Hy-V stores in the Midwest and, and online at uh, fieldofdreamcereal.com. But uh, I was just signing cereal boxes in a Hy-V <laughs> store, a grocery store. And mm-hmm. this guy, he's like 6'5, probably in his 60s. He, you know, he's, you know, after I signed the thing, I'm looking at him and I see he's kind of like frozen and there's just like a little bit of a tears in the bottom of his eyes. And he says, you know, this I, I got this box from my brother. Um, our dad died when I was four. And I see he's kind of like. Anyway, it was just frozen, so and there's amazing. just a little bit of a tears yeah. in the bottom of his eyes, and he says, "You know, this I, I got this box from my brother." I'm getting it uh, okay. when I was four. It was just kind of uh, amazing to me that that this big guy, you know, felt the need to tell me that story, and uh, and and I happened to be there, and you know, I just gave this guy a hug in a, in a grocery store produce department and and kind of sent him on his way. But I honestly think that meant something to him. You know, like you lose your dad at that age, you have no context. You have no goodbye. You have no, I loved you, dad. You have nothing. So if I can be there for a second and say, Hey, I I see you. I know what it feels like. I lost my own dad. And, and, you know, we both end up kind of leaving a, a little better for it. So That, to me, has been one of the great benefits of, of, you know, just the legacy of the movie for me.
0: Yeah, and anytime you can touch and impact the minds and hearts of people, that's great. I just don't want everyone to be sad when they see you. Like, I'm tearing up a little bit here, you know, thinking about my dad's story. I'm like, you know, I love how you're impacting the hearts of people, but I, I don't want you to be the depressing guy. I mean, I want people to laugh and everything, too, you know? I appreciate that, but you know, like I said,
2: I think, I think the tears—the tears aren't in your dad. They're—they're they're not really sad. I mean, of course, of yeah. course, we miss our dads, but you know, to have to to remember them is a beautiful thing. You know, even oh, yeah. if it means yeah. you know, feeling that emptiness and that little kind of stab of, gosh, I wish I could have another catch with them. You know, and I think because I sort of represent their living father in a, you know, in a strange, weird time warp extension. Uh, I, I think, you know, like I said, those tears, you know, people come up to me all the time, guys, and they get very quiet. They, they kind of get real close to me and say, whisper, you know, that movie makes me cry. Yeah. You know, like they're the only person in the world that field of dreams right. can cry, you know, but to <laughs> me again, that speaks to the personal nature that this universal movie that's millions and millions of people have seen, people think secretively they have to tell me that they cry during this movie. And that to me is part of the beauty of it, that it's an individual experience. I mean, that's what great art is, you know, any, any great art, you know, you see the Mona Lisa or whatever, you have your own feelings about that. And, and, you know, I'm just really honored that, that I could be in something that would, you know, cause people to have that sort of uh, connection uh, as a, as a, you know, a piece
1: of art.
0: Well, and Dwyer, thanks so much for your time. We want to respect your time tonight. Um, We're both journalists. We work for the USA Today Network. Fantastic story about you in the Acrobeca Journal the other day. We're definitely going to link to it because there's a lot of stories. So if we have more time, I'd love for you to hear them share them. But read the article. A lot of good stories about impacted your son. I love that. And uh, just great stuff. I appreciate it. Uh, Dwyer, help us. Um, I love looking at your website and the cereal and ways to connect with you. Uh, tell our audience how they can connect with you. Uh, a lot of great ways to stay in touch.
2: Yeah, I, I'm on social media. It's always at Dwyer Brown. It's D W I E R Brown. Like the color. Uh, I had no choice. I was too young to complain about it. Um, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got cereal, the, uh, the book, my website is, is, uh, DwyerBrown.com, And, uh, there's a bunch of kind of cool stuff on there. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it. I I don't know. I I'm enjoying this this ride, and certainly uh, the resurgence of Field of Dreams has kind of been it just just really fun for me.
0: And what a great time to be in Medina. You know, there's a Jeopardy champ, but he's won like 18, 19 in a row. He's from Medina. You're from Medina.
2: Man, well, the, the the woman who just won the gold medal in the pole vault went to Ashland College, where I went yeah um, you know that's yeah that's always great and you know i mean the akron beacon journal was the paper that i mean my mom uh unfortunately passed away three years mm-hmm. ago but that was our newspaper i mean that's hometown as it can be and and i mean of course we got the medina county gazette as well but right uh you know i was just thrilled to be in the akron beacon journal again and, and you know I, I just love ohio you know i i you know, unfortunately there's, there's not uh, movies casting in Ohio. So, uh, I moved to the West coast, but, uh, you know, I miss it. And even my friends out here, they're almost all Ohioans guys. I didn't know back there, but we find each other because we're such cool people. Don't you agree? <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we got to keep up with your website. Make sure we see you next time in Ohio. I'm sure that you're probably, you ever make out there for an appearance or anything?
2: Uh, yeah, occasionally. I mean, sadly, all my family that was there uh, are, are all passed on, but, uh, I'm actually been. Uh, I'm going to be inducted into the uh, Highland High School uh, Distinguished Alumni. Uh, wow. our Homecoming game this uh, October eighth, I think, in in Medina. So uh, I'll be back. Okay. For that and to catch up with uh, you know guys from my spirit of '76 class. Gosh, 45 years ago. Wow,
0: amazing. Yeah.
2: So uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward
0: to it. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much again for your time. Uh, we'll have links to all the way to connect with you online. Check out the book. The book looks fascinating. Uh, talk about your experiences and, uh, you know, thanks for coming on and thanks for the impact you're making on people's lives. I mean, a lot of people struggle with losing their dad and I love the fact that people are coming to you. I'm sure what you say is an inspiration to them. Uh, what a good mark to leave.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I just try to listen to my uh, heart and my intuition when I talk to people. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's just been fantastic. And, and thank you guys. I, I really, it's been great being on. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Chris. And, uh, you know, we'll see you guys, uh, you know, around.
0: Fantastic. Well, so on, hang out for a second after uh, after we close. Um, thanks for checking out the podcast, everybody. Um, check our sponsors, uh, share it with your friends. And thanks, Dwyer, for coming on. Have a great day, everybody.
2: Yeah, see you All right.